Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome. Great to have you with us to pursue truth, justice, and the American way. The more we hear all that talk about reparations in the People's Republic of California, the more I think about reparations myself. And I think they're really a lousy idea. There are just too many problems with reparations. Half the country was opposed to slavery. Hundreds of thousands of Union troops died freeing the slaves. And how do you go about straightening all of that out? Like I said, it's a lousy idea, except except until and unless you happen to be a reparations recipient. And then it starts to feel pretty interesting, like maybe a really good idea. So that put me to thinking. If our state and federal governments are going to get into the reparations business with our taxpayer money, well, then you and I just might ought to be thinking about how we, Trump supporters and voters all, could get in on the gravy train, excuse me. I mean, how we should seek compensation for the many injustices and wrongs done to us. We are an identifiable class of victims for the purpose of compensation. I mean, we are recent victims, victims of 2020 and the you-know-whos who rigged the election. We know who's to blame, who should be compensating us, and most of the crimes done unto us. So here's my idea. Just, just think about this, please. There are just about 74 million of us who voted for Trump who can identify ourselves as victims. Have you ever wanted to be a victim? Well, this may be our time. We could be classified as victims of our government, and we could start legal action right away, seeking instead of social justice and being social justice warriors we would seek electoral justice and be electoral justice warriors. We know that the 2020 election certainly was rigged with the help of the Obama-era intelligence chiefs, the attorney general under Trump, and the Department of Justice, and of course, Hillary and Barack and Joe's personal agency at arms, the FBI. Hillary, by the way, could owe quite a bill if our legal pursuit of reparations were to pay off. I mean, not pay off, I mean, succeeds. And while we're at it, how many millions of Americans didn't vote for Trump because of the big lies, the Russian collusion, disinformation driven by Hillary, the FBI, the DOJ, the Democratic National Committee, the deep state and corporate media? That's probably another 10 million victims. And then there's A.G. Barr. He didn't call out Joe Biden for his lies about Hunter's laptop. And those intelligence veterans, 51 of them, including five former CIA directors, they said it was Russian disinformation, another lie. And now the price starts to really add up, and we add another 10 million people who were probably dissuaded from voting for Trump in 2020 as a result. This is big, folks, so let's think big. 
So how about this idea? We'll set up an exploratory committee. We'll call it Electoral Justice Warriors. Let us know what you think. Truth us, tweet us, whatever. But think about it. I think this could be big. And few know more about the election of 2020 than our guest today. He's been reporting on it all for two years now. John Solomon is the founder, editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com, and we'll be talking about all the latest from Just the News on 2020 and this year. But first, I'd like to take up the Capitol Hill intrusion into Congressman Troy Nell's office and what appears to be a cover-up. No one covering the story better than Just the News. John Solomon, great to have you with us. Thanks for being with us. I want to start with uh, Congressman Nell's the uh, internal probe on the Capitol Police uh, for photographing the congressman's work uh, for entering uh, either legally or whatever you wanted to style it as. Uh, the man's office uh, was entered by Capitol Police, and they actually did an investigation. It's outrageous. Uh, your reporting tells us that there is a problem. Yes. Yes, the inspector general of the Capitol Police, an independent watchdog that monitors the behavior of the Capitol Police, said this raised a lot of concerns, starting with the uh, what they called the questionable judgment of the officer deciding to go into uh, the office, check you know if it was secure. That's an okay part of it. But then to go take a picture of the, of the lawmaker's legislative work, violating the privacy and the constitutionally protected work of that uh, lawmaker was troubling to the inspector general. It not only was troubling to the inspector general, one of the supervisory sergeants involved in this whole fiasco said, I don't know why he took a picture. We don't get, we don't have any legal authority to investigate members of Congress. So um, there, there are probably more questions raised by the report. We were allowed to read this report from a law enforcement source. We went through it last night uh, and you get three messages from it. One, the officer wasn't properly trained so much so that he didn't even think taking the picture was a problem Two, He didn't fill out the right report. He filled out a report for when you stop someone and arrest them. When in fact, he, it was an open door situation. The third thing is the circumstances, the story that the police officer gives, the inspector general could not replicate the condition. So the police officer says it's the weekend of Thanksgiving last year. He walks up and Congressman Nell's office door is wide open. And by the way, there's nothing propping it open. It's just open. He walks through it. He goes in, he looks around, he sees a, uh, some messages on a whiteboard. He says, oh, that looks suspicious because they were talking about body armor, the reason the body armor was mentioned on there was because the congressman was preparing a military bill to get new mo well, body what, armor what, for soldiers. John, what in the world did this idiot think that well, a U.S. congressman yeah. was preparing to uh, armor up and go on a shooting spree? Unclear. I mean, That's the funny thing. They didn't ask him what he was thinking. It's, it's, it's vague. They go through the process. I think the inspector general was a little deficient. There are when I read the report, I say, boy, I wish I could have asked this policeman. Why? What do you think? What was the crime? What was it? Uh, they don't know. But here's the thing that's really mysterious about it, Lou. The IG could not get the door to stay wide open. Right. So it closed every time and it locked every time. The officer claims it mysteriously stayed open on its own and levitated open uh, when he walked in. Uh, there's no one that was able to replicate that. And I think that starts the troubling process, which is the grounds for entering. They couldn't replicate the condition that he said existed. And I think that that, uh, that begins, you see why Congressman Nels, when he was on your show yesterday, why he had so much doubt about this. Yeah, and he is, as he should be, absolutely adamant that there will be answers. Yes. And, uh, I, and I, I think Congressman Nels is one of the finest people in the United States House of Representatives.
incentives and there will be an accounting. But, you know, at the same time, you know, the, the glib response in all of this is, well, the Capitol Police are nothing more than Nancy Pelosi's, uh, you know, armed uh, extension of her office. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 by the way, I, I don't doubt that. I can't prove it, but I don't doubt it either. Because, A, you couldn't uh, re- replicate the door uh, being open. Two, you had, and I believe his name is Diaz. Is that correct? The officer that yes, entered there. Yes, that's the name and in the report. He is, he has a lot to answer for. Uh, he lied about why he took the pictures. He said that's what they were trained to do, which we all know is pure bunkum. Uh, so why isn't he being held accountable for that? And thirdly, uh, there's not even, I, as far as I know, there's not been an apology. There's not been any further uh, investigation. I mean, yeah. what's going? What well, do you actually, think quite is the opposite of an, quite the opposite of an apology. The Capitol Hill Police gave us a statement last night, basically saying that Congressman Nels is a conspiracy theorist, and he was, by his criticism, he was uh, uh, harming the reputations of the Capitol Hill Police. So he has every right to be upset. Someone walked in his office, took a picture. That's why we have the Fourth Amendment. And by the way, you don't when you become a member of Congress, you don't suddenly give up your Fourth Amendment right to uh, protection from illegal search and seizure. Uh, I think the Capitol Hill police leadership does not appreciate what the perception and the failure that they committed here. Their response to us was not only glib, it was, well, the congressman's to blame for this. That's not what the report says. The report says bad training, bad policies. It said a whole bunch of supervisors got involved in the complaint and not a single one of the supervisors recognized that the officer's conduct didn't follow the standing operating procedures. That's a big concern. This is a police department that is not operating well. And we have two instances now of this. And I think we have the FBI not operating well, lying, constantly uh, playing politics. Yeah, corrupt. And now you have the Capitol Police. These are two agencies that we need to have confidence in. We need the confidence of the Capitol Police so they protect us. We need the confidence of the FBI to protect us. Both agencies are in distress right now. Yeah, I I think we can take two perspectives on that, though, John. Yeah. Uh, It is, uh, if you are a law-abiding citizen, a Republican, a congressman, it's not operating well. If you're a Democrat on Capitol Hill working for Nancy Pelosi uh, and, and don't really care about law and order, uh, and corruption, uh, they're working just fine there, the Capitol Hill police. You don't have any questions, probably, if you're in that camp, about why they didn't do more on January 6th, why they were unprepared, why some of their uniformed officers yeah. were waving uh, what they s- decided to call insurrectionists, uh, that is, Trump supporters, into the building. Uh, this is not simply not operating well. We're dealing with a department that is out of control there's no discipline, and had the temerity, the arrogance to call a sitting U.S. congressman a conspiracy theorist yeah. when they violated his office, I would light them up, brother, if I were yeah. that congressman. Listen, I, I think, think that congressman moment's coming. Will. I think that moment's coming, Lou. I, I've talked to several members of Congress, including leaders in Congress, who plan a full-scale investigation of the Capitol Hill police. They still don't believe the truth has been told about January 6th. They have some concerns about how money has been spent in the department because it was pretty clear that the officers that were responding to the January 6th riot didn't have great equipment. Some of it looked old. It broke when it was struck. Um, So the question is, where did all this money go for a long time? Where did those intelligence reports 
warnings that the FBI and others gave to the Capitol Police. I believe if Republicans get in control in November, people like Jim Banks, Jim Jordan are going to zero in on this department and find out all of its deficiencies. And one of those deficiencies Republicans are most concerned about, political bias. Cops should not see red and blue. They should only see uh, equal justice. And I think that that this department's going to get a, a significant review if Republicans take control. A significant review. There's no discipline. There's no penalty. There's no punishment. Yeah. They're never, I, I just can't imagine it happening, John. I, I would love to join you on the, on the brighter side of the line on this one. But I really think that the, when you've got a department, this, this, this egregiously violating regulations, law and decency, it's time to bring somebody short up by the nape of the neck. Yeah. And I mean, now, why is it, why is it the Republican leadership in the house at, at the forefront of this uh, investigation demanding answers right now? Why yeah, is it? I, I mean, I'll take even the, the political answer. Why isn't Kevin McCarthy showing enough guts and leadership to take the forefront when the, he's got a representative in his conference, who's been, uh, whose office has been violated. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, most of the uh, leadership that I talked to said they were unaware of it, other than Rodney Davis, uh, who has taken a very strong interest in this and really pushed the uh, IG to do an investigation. I don't think the IG even wanted to touch this one. You could tell when well, they titled the report, they said it's about filing the wrong report, which is one of the findings. But this is much more than just filing the wrong paperwork. An officer, an officer without a search and seizure warrant took a picture and launched an investigation. That is a Fourth Amendment violation on its face. Uh, minute, I don't wait, know wait. the answer why. We have not been able to get answers from the leadership, but we are going to try very hard. Well, and I, I have great confidence that you that you will. Uh, I, I don't know about this uh, wrong report uh, response. Yeah. What wrong report? So uh, there's a lot of discussion in the report that the officer – uh, engaged in what is known as an, you know, a, a breached office or a concern about an insecure office. And there's a form 50 you're supposed to fill out for that. For some reason, he filled out a form 76, which is a form when you stop someone that you think was involved in uh, criminal oh. activity. So what that does, though, the difference between the two, right, is that an open office thing becomes a security issue. You just make sure everything's fine. If you if you file it as a stop, it allowed the Capitol Intelligence Unit, the Capitol Police Intelligence Unit, to get involved. And that's what happens. The second part of the story is the officer not only takes a picture, files a report, the photo gets sent to the intelligence unit, and the intelligence unit comes over and conducts a, yeah. at least a, a, an interrogation of the uh, congressman staff after interviewing them to their credit, they said, oh, there's nothing here. Let's close this down. This is stupid. But uh, there is a lot of questions about why the wrong form was reported. And here's another thing. they were. There is clear evidence in the IG report that multiple supervisors were trying to keep this off the books, meaning they didn't want anyone to ever be able to find what happened. You mean covering now, it up, right? Exactly. Yeah, they didn't want it in the what they call the record system. Uh, that suggests that somebody knew that uh, it didn't smell right. Those are all things that the IG report points out. Now, you would think that they would maybe broaden the title of the report to say, hey, improper search or improper photographing of a of an officer. They, they focus it on the process instead of the larger constitutional issue. But that's what this report raises, a, a constitutional issue. Well, it raises a constitutional issue. It also raises a, a, a huge number of other issues. Is this just part of right. the Marxist Democratic leadership of the Democratic Party? 
uh, operating uh, beyond law and and uh, and regulation and doing as they damn well please, whether it is January 6th and then uh, convening a, a committee, uh, a Stalinist uh, era committee that uh, is now trying uh, to use it for political purposes uh, and looking like uh, ever the as every passing day uh, goes uh, sailing by like bigger fools. Yeah. Uh, I want to turn real quickly to another thing about some people looking like fools. All the people who said that there were no, it was a perfect election. Yeah. They, they should have talked to Maricopa County, shouldn't they? They sure have. 19,000 ballots were counted, even though the postmark on them were beyond what is known as the legal expiration date, meaning the date that they the law says they could no longer be counted. Uh, the fact that it took us almost two years to find this out shows you how dysfunctional the election system is. And you take that revelation on top of everything else that the Senate audit showed us in uh, Arizona, Arizona's election counting system is a mess. And then and then the day that that comes out, we discover that there's a in a brand new election just happened, a primary in Georgia in uh, DeKalb County, which is the second or third largest urban county in Georgia behind Fulton. Uh, there was a primary just a few weeks ago and uh, the machines miscounted a local race by 3,000 votes. By the way, in a local race where there's a small number of voters, 3,000 votes is a huge margin change. It was so consequential that the person who was leading and expected to be declared the winner today suddenly became in third or second place and someone else suddenly shot to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that our system is perfect is far from it. We are now time and time and time again, turning up evidence that the system works. In this case, the machines themselves aren't to blame. The people who programmed them uh, at the state and county level appear to have made a terrible goof, but it took them two and a half weeks to discover this. And now you have a Democrat. This is the sweet irony of it for Republicans. A Democrat saying, please don't certify the results. They're wrong. Um, What a a funny twist of fate that now Democrats have a reason to say, don't certify the vote. Well, I, you know, in this instance, you're referring to the Georgia County ballot, yep. but we really don't know what the rest of the county is, do we? And we know that also uh, talking here with uh, Mike Lindell, uh, he says that there are uh, he has evidence of uh, miscounts as well uh, in the state of Alabama. And we have also uh, going to your uh, to Maricopa County. It's important to tell this audience that. Not only did they count 19,000 ballots they shouldn't have uh, for Biden, but but Joe Biden only won by 10,500 yeah. votes in 2020, yeah, uh, according and, to. And keep in mind, there are 50,000 other ballots that are already in question from the Senate audit that came out last uh, summer. So you add these 19,000 onto that, you've got a, a body of 70, 80,000 ballots that now seem to be legally questionable in a race that was settled by less than 12,000 in uh, Georgia, where I think the the margin was about 11,000. You've got at least 3000 votes that now Brian Kemp himself, the governor who has always insisted that he himself is challenging saying these were miscounted. You may be 3000 votes off in, in, in Georgia on one race. And, and that's in 2020. And now you've got the possibility that there was a large ballot harvesting scheme going on. That's being investigated now by Brad Raffsenberger and the Secretary of State's office. Uh, we now know there were significant issues. Those are law enforcement investigations. Now let's take it to a second uh, tier. 
the courts in Wisconsin, the courts in Pennsylvania have said the actual methods used to distribute and count ballots in 2020 were unlawful or unconstitutional. There are two issues in Wisconsin. Uh, more than 200,000 people were allowed to say, because you're afraid to go out in COVID, you are disabled and allowed to vote from home without a vote ID. The courts have ruled that was a wrong declaration. That Wisconsin had no lawful right. The bureaucrats who ran the elections, by the way, who lean left, had no right to make that declaration. And that calls into question about 130, 140,000 ballots uh, that were cast more than uh, uh, five times the vote margin there. In addition, there's now a court ruling uh, sustained by the Supreme Court of Wisconsin saying there was no basis to allow drop boxes. There was no legal authority to put those drop boxes out. Well, there's about six, 800,000 votes that were dropped into drop boxes, according to Wisconsin. So that's Wisconsin. Now let's go to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania used no excuse absentee mail balloting in 2020. The courts have ruled there. There is no provision under the Pennsylvania Constitution to have allowed that for to happen. Well, there's almost a million people, I believe. I got to go back and look at the numbers, but a large number of people in Pennsylvania who voted uh, uh, no excuse absentee. We now have courts declaring large unlawful activity occurred in the 2020 election. The, the big lie is not that there were problems in the election. The big lie is there weren't, there weren't problems. The Democrats claimed that there weren't problems have now been dismissed by the courts and by multiple investigations. At some point, the mainstream media has to be held accountable for continuing to deny or ignore these revelations. Yeah. And by the way, these are revelations that change the outcome of the election. Of course. Uh, uh, and and could change indeed the, the result is who should be in the, in the White House. But we've also got to be very clear, I think, John, uh, with the audience here, uh, we're talking uh, we're talking about the president of the United States. Donald Trump was right. He said it was a rigged election. It was a rigged election in in various states uh, with. And he was right about the um, number of votes that were uh, 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 not counted properly. I'm going to say it gently and sweetly like that. Uh, The man the man was wronged uh, by the Democratic Party in a number of states. You just mentioned Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, uh, and, and Georgia. The, the, he was wronged by both parties, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. It's, uh, this is an appalling circumstance because now we know that we were set, told by the national corporatist media lies that it yeah. was a perfect election, and they used, again, uh, Krebs from the Homeland Security yeah. uh, Cyber Unit, uh, which had at yeah. least ostensibly some sort of uh, control he, over the election. I mean, it's he just made a outrageous. false declaration. He told us there were no hacking. We yeah. then learned eight months after he made that declaration that since the summer of 2020, the FBI knew that Iranian hackers had gotten a hold of more than 100,000 voters' identity in a single state and then used those identities to try to change the outcome of the election, in many cases, negatively targeting Republicans. That's what the indictment of the Biden Justice Department says. So Brian, uh, uh, Mr. Krebs' um, declaration is not accurate now because the FBI has come out and said, oh, no, there was a big hack. And by the way, we all knew it in the summer of 2020. You go back, and I want to take one other thing because sure. I think it may be the most consequential rigging of the election because it involves all 50 states. We've got these issues in individual states, right? We got Pennsylvania. We talk about Arizona, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin. We know those, but voters in all 50 states were told that the Hunter Biden laptop 
revelations were a lie, a Russian disinformation. And then after the election, we found out those declarations were false and knowingly false. And in fact, the people who wrote the letter claiming that, 51 intelligence professionals, had no basis to make that claim. They just made it up based on their, quote unquote, experience in the intelligence world. That affects votes in every one of the 50 states that, that cast votes in 2020. When you talk about rigged, that is yeah. the single biggest probably. You look at the polling, 70% of people said if they knew more about Hunter Biden, it might have changed their vote. Uh, that plus then all the rule changes, all of the cheating, all of the ballot harvesting, you get a sense why a large swath of this country no longer trusts its election system. Anyone who trusts the election system, and I will say this just straight up, anyone who trusts the election system as currently constructed and uh, operated uh, is a fool. Uh, This is a ridiculous moment where we have Supreme Court, the Supreme Court with two opportunities, didn't intervene. Uh, This Pennsylvania Supreme Court wouldn't intervene. And you talk about the most consequential part. You're talking about the shield that they gave these 51 so-called intelligence veterans, uh, and including five former uh, uh, CIA directors. They gave Joe Biden a shield in that second and final debate to, to simply say there is no problem with Hunter Biden's laptop and its contents. And, uh, there is no, uh, evidence whatsoever that he was a upper. We now know that the attorney general of the United States working for Donald Trump stood there knowing, and he admitted it in his book, he knew that Joe Biden was lying through his teeth to the American people about the laptop, about it being Russian disinformation. And not only and that, that he knew that Hunter Biden was under criminal investigation, exactly. something that would have changed the whole outcome of the election. And the man didn't have the guts to intervene because he, quote unquote, said, I didn't think it'd be right to intervene, even as a man is constructing a lie to seize the presidency of the United States. Now, you tell me whatever word you want. President Trump was gentle. He called William Barr a weak man. I think he's a lot more than that. I think he's a co-conspirator. Here's a a true story, Lou. I haven't told this to many people, but in the summer of um, uh, 2020, I got source tip that there was a Hunter Biden investigation, a criminal investigation. That was important to me because I was being attacked saying, why are you reporting a Hunter Biden? Everything's fine with him. Well, he's under criminal investigation. I even have notes from a document that purported this. And then the Barr Justice Department on the record denied it, which as a journalist, if you have anonymous material and then you have an on the record, you, you can't really reconcile it. You can't report it. They lied to me. They waved me off something that turned out to be true. Um, those are just really frustrating moments that we see. And, you know, you want to believe the people in power. You want to believe that Bill Barr, Donald Trump's appointee, would give us the truth. But uh, we were waved off it. It was very disin- disingenuous. My, my source material wasn't very strong. So when you get an on the record denial, you go back and keep reporting, which we did. But um, we, you know, time and time again, uh, the bureaucrats and the uh, Washington establishment hijacked the will of the American people. It's clear in 2016 and it's clear in 2020. And there will have to be an accounting. There certainly must be an accounting. I've got to ask you what your reaction was when you found out from Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman Matt Gates, a whistleblower, told him that the Department of Justice and the FBI had a portal office, uh, an office and portal in Coy Perkins 
yep. law offices, yeah. the Democratic Party's legal firm. Remember when Donald Trump called this a swamp? These are the examples of the swamp. You have a law firm with a special arrangement with the FBI. No one of us know about it while this whole scheme of Russia collusion is being carried out. Oh, by the way, by that law firm, because the law firm had Michael Sussman. It hired Christopher Steele. It hired Fusion GPS. It was taking instructions from Hillary Clinton. And for 10 years, there's been a special relationship. We don't know all the details about it, but now we know one existed. And the FBI stood silent. They didn't let us know that. That's why Donald Trump gets a lot of nodding heads every time he says Washington is still a swamp. Yeah, it, uh, Washington is still a swamp. Uh, our our Department of Justice, our FBI, you and I have talked about this before, and you've we been have. very, uh, and I give you credit for it, defending uh, all of the good people in the FBI and Department yeah. of Justice. But I'm going to say this. It's very clear today. There are not nearly as many good people in that department and in that agency as there should be. Because not one of them, think about this, not one of them stepped forward to talk about any of this, knowing full well what was yeah. in front of them. And I know that this narrative is right now, oh, they, the lower downs were uh, lied to by the uh, higher ups. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people knew what was going on and never said a word. And that is, to me, disheartening, uh, disappointing, and, make, and infuriating. Let me I... be very clear infuriating. That's the right and I word. think every American should be. Listen, silence is complicity. That's that's the message of the Russia collusion story. The people who stood silent allowed that plot to be carried out for two years, three years. It robbed the American public of the Trump early presidency, and it deceived all of us. Millions of dollars of investigations, yep. lots of reputations ruined, all on a false, dirty trick. Amazing. And Bill Barr today, uh, one of the headlines uh, recently, Bill Barr says Trump should not run for re-election in 2024. The former AG says Republicans can't keep talking about the last election and calls for a party civil war to bring in a new era just like Reagan did. And you know who's going to be leading that civil war, John? Why, Paul Ryan. Yes. Paul Ryan is <laughs> admonishing all the Republicans who didn't vote for President Trump's impeachment. That little creep should be held you to account. I mean, that is disgusting. He supposedly resigned Ryan from politics in 2019. He sits on the board of, uh, of, of Fox. I, I mean, this man is a bona fide agent for a fifth column of rhinos and deep staters. And I mean, he needs, he, he needs to be thoroughly investigated. I do think the Republican Party or a lot of the people there have figured out where Paul Ryan's uh, hand of cards laid and also how much he let down this country. Uh, there's another thing about Paul Ryan. Forget all the other things. And I need to wrap. But I wanted to just mention this. Sure. This was a man that preached to us about fiscal discipline. And when he became in as a House speaker, he, he blew up the budget. And from the moment he got alluded, we, we yeah. got deeper and deeper in debt on Paul Ryan's watch, uh, his signature issue. He couldn't even deliver on that. And I think that history will look back at Paul Ryan saying he had the right rhetoric and the wrong actions. Yeah. Well, his, his was a, an act of rhetoric. It certainly was an act of either <laughs> conscience or intellect. That's right. Uh, but you know what? John Solomon is a great American doing you, America's sir. work uh, every day in just the news. Uh, and we recommend him and just the news.com to you highly. Thanks Thank so much, you, John. Have a good You're day. A great American. You as well. Thanks, John Solomon. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Tomorrow, our guest will be Congressman Troy Nels, who, as you just heard, has filed a complaint that he and his office were targeted by the Capitol Hill police. 
We'll be taking that up with the congressman and a great deal more here tomorrow on The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. Join us tomorrow. Till then, God bless you and God bless America. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.